1: your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. Today we're joined by your former host of the Locked On Bengals podcast, Joe Goodberry. We're going to break down the keys to victory and why we think this is a good or bad matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals and what parts of the matchup are more favorable or unfavorable. Let's start by welcoming in technically a guest to the show, but used to sit across the camera from from really both James and myself, Joe Goodberry, who you can follow on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Going by Joey Playoffs, I see Joe, how's it going? It's going great. I
3: mean, it's hard to be a uh really negative this time of year after everything that's happened. I was really like freaking out on Monday, but I, I've calmed down and I'm ready to go now. Freaking out. out? What do you
0: mean freaking out?
3: Just like excited, but like at the same time nervous, but not a bad nervous, like just the potential of it all was getting to me.
0: Do you, Did you have that? Let me ask this. This is, this could be the Burrow effect. You said Joey, Joey playoffs, you know, Joey franchise. Did you feel that way in 15?
3: No. Well, obviously Dalton was hurt at that time. I really was, um that team was great, but at the same time you were kind of, you know, knowing that the the rug was going to be pulled out at some point, it would have, it would have taken a Nick Foles like run out of A.J. McCarron for them to feel that way. You felt this way in 05 though, right? If you're, if you're yeah. old enough to remember that you were thinking at that time, Carson Palmer just signed an extension like a week before that playoff game. And it was like, man, they're going to do it. They're, you know, he's the guy, he was like an MVP, um, uh, you know, third place, in that voting and, you're like, whoo, didn't last long. <laughs> no. All
0: right. Let's so lie. yeah, let's uh go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. I thought you yeah. were going to talk. We're already out of rhythm.
2: And we we are. That's okay. That's what happens when you throw a wrench into things and when you get all the excitement of a football playoff football game going on. Let's dive into the matchup though and, and talk about how it's going to be different this time. Uh, We also, we're going to hear from Ted Wynn tomorrow, spoiler alert. We've got some bonus content coming. So look for that as we head into the weekend, get a little bit of perspective from a guy that really watches a lot of the Raiders and, and gets into their tape on what's changed for them. But a lot has changed for the Bengals too. Joe, I know you talked about this with John and Anthony recently. And one of the big differences is the way this offense has really shifted its focus from the first time they played the Raiders in week 11 and even the the next week against the Steelers to the last six weeks headed into this playoff run when Joe Burrow's been on fire playing the best quarterback in the NFL. And a lot of that is T Higgins. A lot of that is Jamar Chase finding his way again. And a lot of that is a, a philosophical change. At least it would seem for this offense from, from your perspective, what has changed and why is it working?
3: You know, I think from the outside, or, or maybe the, if you don't cover the team or watch them, it was like, okay, they're running the ball, they're protecting Burrow, and then Burrow caught fire towards the end of the year. And that may be fair as just a generalization of what this offense did. But I think when you look more nuanced, I do think it's correct that they were playing a little bit safe early in the year. I even think that may have cost them a little bit early in the season. Maybe they needed to. Maybe Burrow wasn't 100%. But by the time he got to that point, uh, they established that they could run the ball and they could be a physical running team that will take deep shots to Jamar Chase. And that's great Uh, until that hit a wall at some point midway through the year where defenses were saying, you know what, we're not going to let you throw this deep ball to Chase. We're going to slide a safety directly over him. We're going to throw him a bunch of different looks, and we're going to do all these different things to him. Uh, and it really slowed Chase down a little bit for, uh, at times. And it wasn't until T. Higgins returned and, and really started exploding and being the the Clemson T. Higgins. actually shades of A.J. Green a lot of times. It uh, really looks like him sometimes. Uh, and 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 then you had two outside receivers. And defenses said, all right, we're going to back off a little bit here. I think of like the 49ers game and – by that time, this is like three quarters to the end of the season, maybe. And uh, defense was just like, We're gonna play two back, we're gonna play four guys back, play cover four, and we're really not gonna let you do that. And it, that gave the Bengals some, some issues too for a little bit. You just think of that 49ers game for an example, it took them to halftime to realize we got to hit these whole shots, these guys are not gonna get out of this cover two, no matter how much we run the ball. That's not gonna get them out of it. Um, we've got to make these throws, these guys, our receivers even have to adjust and when to expect the throw. And I think that's a a sign of a young team of you need to master how to beat each defense. You need to master how to beat each coverage. And they kept knocking it down. It took some time, but each one, you know, it took a few weeks for them to figure it out until we got to those final few weeks where it's like you can't throw anything at them that they haven't seen yet this year and they have, a, they have a way to beat it. So whatever the defense wants to do, they are willing to run the ball if you want them to run the ball. They're willing to take deep shots Shots if you're going to give Chase one-on-one. And if you're not, they'll throw it up to T. Higgins and let him win double coverage.
0: Yeah, Joe, the, the fun part to me about all that night, I agree. I think it, it changed when T. came back, and obviously we've seen Jamar Chase's yak attack over the past couple of weeks. But uh, Joe Burrow in the pocket – I I forget what game it was, Jake. You said, oh, that looked like LSU Joe Burrow. And and I think since really then, it might have been the San Francisco game Mm -hmm. where he just willed them back and almost won the game. Um, I think we've seen it time and time again, making Honey Badger miss in the open field. I I don't know if LSU Joe Burrow does that. I think he might be getting to uh, another level. And and that's the fun part to me is they're hitting their stride. But if he plays like that in the pocket, outside of the pocket, off script – then you know this off put it like this 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 playoff run could be a lot of fun
3: yeah and that what i said wasn't to diminish what burrow's done i mean you're right he has gotten better and visibly better as the season has progressed from jake and i messaged a few times in the beginning first quarter of the season we're like you know he's, he's been okay but they're still in the pocket there's he's not making guys miss or he's not in this throw, or there's Couple coverages that are still messing with them, especially when they're going empty. And it even seemed like the Bengals uh, got a little bit nervous going empty, even though that was really a chunk of their offense. And it took some time to figure some things out, iron some things out, and Burrow kept getting better. He's hitting these deep shots, obviously, was a big change this year from last year. But then how much he got better in the pocket. Remember running against the Steelers uh, where he he breaks around the outside edge and and goes for the the touchdown, and we're like, okay, there's our first flash of Joe Burrow maybe getting his legs back under him, and it steadily progressed from there to the point of he's hitting deep, intermediate, with timing, with precision, accuracy, anticipation. Uh, He's nailing what defenses are trying to throw at him and reading it pre-snap and confirming it post-snap lightning quick and if he's not he's making plays off script and extending plays and it's like yeah that's the guy we saw at LSU that's who they wanted to draft it's who they thought they were drafting it's who we all believed and he arrived and I think that's the the kind of you know you don't want to say it you don't want to speak it too much into existence but you get that guy in the playoffs and I get chills my seriously I'm not joking it it makes me very excited to watch this team
2: especially with the continued emergence of those receivers on the outside, it's happening together. And if 22-year-old T. Higgins and 21-year-old Jamar Chase are going to do this with with second-year 25-year-old Joe Burrow, just turned 25 in December, it's really exciting for the future. But staying on this game, the the Bengals haven't seen a whole lot of the Gus Bradley cover three this year. They obviously played against Gus Bradley's cover three in Vegas in week 11, but they've, the NFL this year has obviously gone to more too high. They've faced a lot of teams. Well, they faced the Ravens twice, and, and I thought the Chiefs took too many pages out of the Ravens book trying to play press man. What what's going to be different in terms of the passing attack this week going against a team that likes to play, you know, off with their corners, try to take away the big play. And and honestly, they've been better against the run lately. You'll hear from Ted Wynn tomorrow about why he thinks that is, but you know We've been talking this week about the run game, but it seems like it's just coming back time and time again to, well, jo- Joe Burrow's going to win them the game, and now he has to find a different way to do it because now it's off-cover three in a, a, a more bend-don't-break defensive style with a good pass rusher Max Crosby.
3: Yeah, that Gus Bradley defense, it can be very good if your pass rushers are very good and you have these good zone corners. I mean, he built that Seattle defense that was so good, Legion of Boom. Uh, It is dependent on those pass rushers winning up front, I believe, because what we're saying is you cover threes, you have a deep, middle free safety and the corners aren't going to press and give you a free shot. They're going to be off and playing zone. A lot of times angled towards the quarterback with eyes inside. So they're reading what you're doing. They'll give you the underneath stuff on the outside, the quick hitches, comeback routes, outs, you know, stops, things like that. And your guys can have to um, run after the catch, which now feels like the Bengals can do that the way they used Jamar Chase a couple weeks ago versus the Ravens. Uh, So I would expect to see that. But Uh, I do like Burrow the second time he's faced defenses. Even going back to his rookie year, it seems like the first time he sees whatever you're doing, whether it's a heavy blitz team, whether it's a team that wants to play coverage or or a cover three team like this, Titans run a lot of cover three. That that was one of the Bengals' best victories, if not their best victory last year. Uh, And I think once Burrow gets to that situation where he sees them a second time, they know what to expect. The young team around him, even young coaching staff, they – always build something a little bit different for that second matchup, whether it be the Ravens or, or whoever they played that are throw a little something different than what the norm is. So it's not like they haven't played cover three because everyone uses it in some ways. They're just one of the t- defenses that are mastering that look. You know, everyone's got the the the, the poster team for whatever coverage you, you want to be like Tampa 2 was called Tampa 2 for a reason. And, you know, it seems right now the Raiders are the ones doing the cover three. So without saying T Higgins name again, because I do believe that is a big difference in this game. Uh, having two receivers that can threaten that free safety is a big difference. Not many teams have that. Not many teams have the guy or two guys that can stretch on both sides and make that safety choose it. I don't care if um, if that safety wants to lean towards Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. However, it goes. If that O line holds up, if they can chip Max Crosby for half, for half second, what you're going to see is a go ball on the outside or a go route on the outside you get about 15 yards and Casey Hayward's going to have to turn his hips and run now with Jamar Chase. Yeah. He might have a safety coming over, but I like that scenario. So that's, you expect Chase to outrun Casey Hayward at that point, even though Hayward's a really good player in a cover three scheme. The idea there is you just have to hold it up for about two and a half seconds, 2.25 seconds, get that ball out.
2: And it seems like a lot of, what the Bengals ha- have done or did last time against uh, the Raiders was throw at the linebackers, throw at uh, the safety that doesn't cover very well in Jonathan Abram, who's now out and throw a Brandon face on. And you saw the chargers do a lot of the same thing actually last week in the season finale there. We'll talk a little bit more about protection and what's going to happen when the Bengals defense is on the field coming up next.
0: We're all looking for an edge these days. And I'd like to thank online gambling.com for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. And they challenged me to make my Super Bowl prediction. You know what I like? I like the idea of Burrow versus Brady in Los Angeles. And, well, if that happens, we'll be there. And uh, hopefully you'll be there. Hopefully we'll get the – Joe Goodberry will be there. And we can all uh, celebrate what could be an awesome game between two great quarterbacks. But – the experts at gambling.com, they've made their picks as well. So whether you're looking for NFL tips or anything in between, make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. So remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs.
2: Imagine we get a chalk first round of the playoffs. You're getting ready to drive down to Nashville, Tennessee to watch the Bengals go to the Tennessee Titans to try to punch their ticket to the AFC Championship game. You're filling up gas on the way. You want to get some free money on that gas. Well, maybe you should get the incredible app, GetUpside, to make 25 cents back on every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now, and when you sign up, Use promo code touchdown and you're going to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents per gallon of gas cash back. Make sure you have a really big tank and and really take advantage of that first time free money. Don't pay a full price at the pump. Get that free cash using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free. Use promo code touchdown for that bonus on your first fill up again the free get outside app with promo code touchdown
0: let's keep things rolling jake was looking at me i wasn't sure but yeah you did the ad read so i guess tag i'm in um this is like early in the season when it's like is it jamar chase is it t higgins is it tyler well we should be in playoff form and We are not today. Maybe we're nervous because Joe Goodberry's here. Uh, I guess maybe that's it. You think we're nervous? Jake, are you nervous to talk to Joe? That would be weird. Either way. Uh, No? Well, then what the hell are we doing? Because that's back-to-back segments where we started poorly. Uh, This is like the Bengals in the first quarter early in the season. Okay. That being said, um, you want to dive straight to the defense or anything else we want to hit on offensively?
2: I want to talk a little bit about offensive line and protections because we've seen the Bengals right. do a lot of yeah, different things too. with protection this year. They've gone split back against some of the blitzing teams, putting CJ Uzama, Joe Mixon, or Samaj Perine Ryan in the backfield together to make it a little bit easier to parse where the blitzer is coming from, where you get the exotic blitzers. And we've seen them against the teams would like to rush for Joe, take a little bit of a different tact against the Raiders the first time out. Max Crosby, second half much less impactful i'd say than the first half after the bengal's made some adjustments what were those adjustments joe i'll let you talk about them as our guest of honor here and and how what, what's the counterpunch from the raiders versus the counter counterpunch from the bengal's
3: well it's interesting because i think when you ever have a defense that wins with their front four and will drop the you know seven in the coverage i think that Gives the Bengals a little bit of confidence to do more of their empty stuff because at that point you're not expecting a exotic pass rusher or a a guy coming off the edge or maybe someone you didn't account for, right? So that allows them to say, okay, we've got we know which four are coming, we've got our five out wide, and we can run our offense the way we want to if we can protect. Always the big thing here. But yeah, I don't have to say it every time here, but I feel like you do when discussing the Bengals (laughs) offense because it's very dependent on that. What they did over the last eight weeks or so of the season, of the regular season, as they ran the gamut this year of all these different, man, pass rushers, they had to face the best in the league. They finally started chipping a little bit more often on that side. And C.J. Uzama was doing really good at it. And I, I think of the Nick Bosa game. I think of the T.J. Watt game where they just – you can chip early. You can chip late. You could chip a guy inside. You can kind of wait and pass protect and then send them off to the to the right tackle. And they did everything. And they even had that one big play in overtime – uh two he chips and then you know they release them and they hit him 27 yards or whatever it was. Uh it felt like they've really developed an idea of how to handle that and in, in different ways they can slow down a pass rush. Uh so I think uh, other than that, Joe Mixon has been much better this year as a whole in blitz pickup and pass protection. So I, I think they feel much better to a much better equipped to handle that. Uh maybe it took them a half or three quarters to figure out Max Crosby last time. But I also think they're resilience and, and depending on the run had an effect there too because Zach Taylor's we're gonna bang it against the wall till the damn breaks I mean yeah that works If when it breaks when it doesn't then you are maybe too late sometimes in the like the 49ers game right Um, so that part of slowing down the Raiders I think is important as much as I have much more confidence in this passing offense as a whole I do think you slow down the pass rush a lot and I don't When I watch the Raiders, and I've watched maybe like six games this year, they don't look like they want to play run defense. They don't look like they want to tackle. They don't look like they want to be a physical style defense. And I think that's really been their shortcomings because personnel wise, they're not terrible. You know, I do, I think their corners are playing decently well. I really like Casey Hayward. Shout out to the shadow team from about 11 years ago now at this point. Uh, but they're, they've got three deep of guys that can pass rush inside. Darius Philon is going to be out. But I like Jefferson and I like Solomon Thomas, Quinn and Jefferson and Solomon Thomas. I, both guys I would have liked to Bengals to sign at some point to be a rotational. And both ends can pass rush and Gakwe and, and Crosby. So uh, personnel wise, they should be able to, to, to do some things. I just don't know that they always want to.
0: Man, if we went back in the Locked On Bengals archives, I'm sure we could find Joe Goodberry's pre-draft evaluation
3: of Solomon Solomon
0: (laughs) Thomas. Yeah, man. You want to talk about draft crushes, boy. Anyways, uh, hopefully he doesn't play like he thought he was going to uh, on Saturday because that would suck. Um, Before we uh, dive into the defense, do you think then, because you kind of went back and forth a little bit, do they run the ball a ton? Because I've seen that. A lot of the national analysts are, are. I've seen say this is a Joe Mixon game. I know Jake and I have discussed it this week. Do you think it's 28 or do you think it's put the ball in nine's hands and, and ride him like they did in week 16 and 17?
3: I think the Bengals just kind of figure it out as they go a lot of times. And that's why they they start slow, right? Because they're like, okay, what's this team doing? Either they're going to do exactly what they expect them to do on tape and they have a game plan that's sound and ready to go and they don't shoot themselves in the foot and they score 35. We've seen that. But they also go into games where it's like, okay, what's this? You know, are we going to be able to run the ball today? Are we going to be able to throw it? Oh, the deep shot's not there. The running game's not there. Let's adjust and come out in the second half and, and come back into this game. 49ers game. We've talked about that a lot and that game now. Um, I think that's a great example of them. Ah, We're not going to be able to run it against this front and let's figure it out and let's figure out how to beat this defense. I, So I think we could either, they're going to be completely right because the, the Raiders are going to give you exactly what they've done all year and the Bengals have a strong plan for it. And maybe they hit their shots. Maybe they don't, maybe it's not working. I think the fallback for them always is either we're going to be able to run it and we're going to stay running it on this team, which I think is the Raiders weakness or let Burrow cook so it's hard for me to predict but I think one of the two will happen
2: and I think that maybe there's a little bit of a benefit the second time you face a team in terms of the slow versus fast starts especially with this quarterback and especially against a defensive coordinator like Gus Bradley this is another one of these defensive coordinator who's who's going to dance with the girly he brung he brought he's going to run the same defense he's run all year and yeah. and that's what we're going to see and and you know, t- I talked to Ted a little bit about what might be different, and there has been a little bit more blitzing he talked about. So I talked about that with Ted to get the Raiders' perspective. But it's Gus Bradley's Gus Bradley, and he's going to do a blitz Gus Bradley. I hope he blitzes does. every play. Right. He, he, he will not do that. This so the, the, what Ted <laughs> said is that the blitz is so rare for Vegas. Remember when the Bengals sent zero against Mahomes and it caught him off guard? They had that little man switch on the left side when he was looking at the post corner mm-hmm. combination. He said it's yeah. like that. Like Teams are so they're, – they're counting on Bradley not blitzing. So when he does send it, that rare occasion, you need to be ready for it or you're going to get caught with, with your pants around your ankles not ready for it. But uh, we do have some defense to talk about. Glad we snuck in the running game there. And we're going to talk about what this game means. And, and it's a first playoff game for Joe Burrow, first playoff game for Zach Taylor as a head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. And a chance to to exercise some demons. We'll talk about that as we finish up the show. Coming up next,
0: the NFL playoffs are here, and Bet Online remains the number one spot for all things sports wagering in 2022. New Year, Bengals in the postseason. Perfect time to go to BetOnline.ag and wager on the home favorite, Cincinnati Bengals. Or maybe you're not buying that. Maybe you want to wager on the Bengals to go farther. AFC Championship. Super Bowl. Yeah, you can wager on all of that and so much more at betonline.ag. And right now you're going to get free money on your first deposit. All you got to do, sign up today, which is free. When you make that first deposit, use promo code locked on and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. And it's not just NFL. You can wager on the NBA. You can wager on um you know like i said the super bowl and everything in between i almost said college football but my bearcats are out of it and college football is over so don't try to wager on that you can't do that until next season but you can wager on coaching odds as well david coley out brian flores in and so much more BetOnline.ag promo code locked on to get a 50
2: percent welcome bonus BetOnline, where the game starts it's a new year maybe you have some new year's resolutions Maybe it's not about getting fit for you. Maybe you just need to get to a 4.30 start, a late start, not a prime time start, but a late start on Saturday. Maybe you need some fuel in the afternoon. Make sure if, if it's a New Year's resolution to eat healthier, get fit, or you just need a little bit of extra gas in the tank to get through the Bengals game at 4.30, make sure Bilt Bar's in your plan, the protein bar that tastes Like a candy bar. And and honestly, the the coconut brownie chunk, James, is is better than a candy bar. I mean, how many protein bars can you eat that have actual pieces of brownie in them? One. It's called coconut brownie chunk. Go buy one. (laughs) So that being said, Built Bars, low calorie, 130 calories or so per bar, four grams of sugar or so per bar, just four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Now, it's not a candy bar, to be clear. It tastes like one, but it doesn't come close to the 30 grams of sugar you might get in a candy bar. So go check it all out at built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, boys. Before we talk about... Sorry, James. We're we're going to get there. Before we talk about the... Third time in a row. Yeah, we're, we're doing great today. Before we talk about the meaning of this game, let's really quick hit on the defense because there is a big part of me that doesn't have much faith in the Raiders offense in this game. I know that Darren Waller is a really good player. I know that Josh Jacobs has been playing better. I know that Colton Miller is a good left tackle and, and some of the pieces of this offensive line have even been playing better down the stretch and, and they've won four in a row. But if you look at how they've won those four in a row, a lot of those games, neither team's getting over 20 points. And if you want to pitch me on the Raiders holding the Bengals to under 20 points, I'm not selling what you're buying. And I have a lot of confidence on the converse as to the the Bengals defense having that kind of effect on the Raiders offense. that They if they threaten you with Waller, certainly. And I don't know if the Bengals have a perfect matchup there. I don't know how many teams do. They threaten you with Hunter Renfro in the slot. But I like the Bengals defensive front in the run game, Joe, what, what scares you when the Raiders have the ball on offense here? Where, where could I be wrong?
3: Hunter Renfro inside the 10, man. Honestly, like this whole year.
2: Yeah. And they do because they just take random deep
3: shots and hope for a prayer. And we've seen that work. We've seen that just happen. And, and, the Bengals have been good against it, but that doesn't mean that'll continue in, to, in the NFL. I mean, it, it all takes one random play, and you get a 50-yard flag down the field, and next thing you know, they're they're within range to put points on the board. They, they, and that's just not, like, hoping for the sky to fall. The Raiders do this. Derek Carr just yeah. chucks it downfield. Um, and, and he
0: always gets the flag, Joe. He's, like, a genius at it. It seems like <laughs> once a week
3: at least. Well, if you don't overthrow them, you create a contested situation that can be ambiguous and leave it up to the ref. And I don't like that, but that's how it goes. And, uh yes, so if Renfro does get inside the 10, you better be ready. I mean, he undresses guys. He looks like James Rappino here running, running routes, but he runs them like an all-star. And it's like, my God, I can't believe he keeps so like getting me. open. What right. do
0: you mean? That, that, no, you I mean, he left it there.
3: He looks like you, but he he runs him like a, like Steve Smith. And it's like, it's very weird on my eyes, but uh, what what I'm saying is even defenses know it's going to him lately and they can't stop it. And it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. So that's the thing. Waller last week didn't it look right. didn't it look 100% yet. It was his yeah. first game. Yeah, and it's going to be cold. I don't know how that affects him. I, I can imagine it could have some effect. I was actually, when it first was saying it could uh, rain or snow for this game, I was like, that would slow Waller down a little bit even more there. Um, really, I like the Bengals' defense versus this offense in a lot of ways in most matchups. I think the Bengals are, com- for the most part, completely healthy on that side of the ball, and they should feel good about this matchup going in. It, the defense could win this game on their own. I don't want to say that completely, but you to the point of if the Raiders only score less than, you know, 17 points or so, I feel very good that the Bengals come out with this one.
0: Yeah, in and, and, and that's the thing. I don't know if there's going to be many defensive like if the Bengals make a playoff run and win a couple of games here. The Chiefs, the Bills, probably the Titans potential I mean, you're going to have to outscore some of these teams in because of that. But but it could be a shootout, I guess. I don't necessarily anticipate a shootout. This week, to your point. And I do think that the defense can slow things down. What uh, outside of um, what we talked about outside of their weapons, Derek Carr, uh, I think he deserves credit for stabilizing them. The fact that they're even here, but you you're worried about him at all. You think he could be on Because I, I feel like there are times when I watch him and he's really on and he's scary. And there are other times when I'm like, oh, he's, uh, you know, just a, a below average starter or average starter.
3: Yeah, you know what that sounds like, right? Is uh, remember the Andy Dalton line of how good is this? If if you have better than Andy Dalton, you felt good about where you're at. If you had worse than Andy Dalton, well, you're probably looking for, to upgrade that position. It's now the Derek Carr line, in my opinion. I, I think he's good enough uh, t- to get you here. Is he good enough to get you through some of the elite quarterbacks in this league? And it probably not. Probably not consistently. You're not going to beat more than likely. You know, roll the dice ten times. You're not going to beat Joe Burrow. You're not going to beat Mahomes. You're probably not going to beat Josh Allen and maybe not even Ryan Tannehill, to be honest, in the the Titans offense. So, yes, there is some worry because he is a starting quarterback with a lot of experience. He has seen a lot of defenses in this league. He has had success versus pretty much everyone at some point in his career. But I think you can get pressure on him. I think you can get to him post-snap with some different looks, and the Bengals will do that. So I think there are ways that he will – um, show his limitations throughout a game, and if you capitalize on some of them, I think the Bengals ended up even in the turnover ratio this year. It'd be nice to get a turnover and come out of this game with a, on the positive end of that. And if so, I think that's maybe all it will it will take.
2: It's been a, re- I mean, that's obviously a real X factor in any game is turnovers, but the Bengals have been taking care of the ball so much better mm-hmm. when when they've got hot when they got hot, and Joe Burrow has been profoundly better with ball security in that stretch as well. I think he does have a fumble against San Francisco. He lost the ball in that game. But besides that, hasn't really put the ball in danger. He he does have one, uh, well, a few picks, I guess, in that time. Some of them weren't his fault. Some of them were dimes that chased through into the hands of a defensive back. But that, that aside, the Bengals have been really good about taking care of the ball. Derek Carr has, I was looking on PFF, a number of turnover worthy plays in his recent history and hasn't been punished. And so this is not the week for Eli Apple to drop the pick in cover exactly. two that he caught against the Raiders and then dropped against Patrick Mahomes. Run it back, Eli. Run that pick back in and coming off that that cover two flat and, and getting into the hole. And
3: that's exactly what I was alluding to thinking of the game last week, the Raiders and chargers. I felt like the chargers probably could have three interceptions in that game. And they, I don't right. think they came away with any. And it was like, man, you guys probably are in the playoffs if you can catch one of these interceptions.
2: Yeah. And, and I think that's definitely a factor. The other thing that will be interesting to see is the first time that the Raiders played the Bengals, you might remember Checkdown city and, and yeah. every like the car had some shots. He just didn't take them. The ball was going underneath and, It'll be interesting to see how, again, the, the Raiders adapt to what they saw. They're going to have had a chance to go back and watch what the Bengals did to them. And Lou Anaruma is going to need to be ready to not get Mike Whited by doing the same thing and getting beat over and over. You have to be ready to adapt if you're Lou Anaruma. And to his credit, he's, he's been generally pretty good at that against most teams. And I don't think Derek Carr is a Patrick Mahomes type that you can't adjust against. Like This isn't a guy that's going to get his no matter what. I think that, you know, flip a coin what version of Derek Carr are we going to get? And there are some factors that lead me to believe it's it's not necessarily going to be a good version, but that doesn't mean that the good version of Derek Carr doesn't exist and could come out at any time. So, so that's always the caution. Let's talk a little bit about what this game means. Obviously, a lot uh, emotionally, I think, on the line for Bengals fans here that maybe isn't felt as much in the locker room because none of these guys were really there. But we've been there. We were there in 2005. We were there. Some of, some of the listeners were there 30 years ago and, and before that in the Super Bowls. We were there in 2005. We were there from 2010 to 2015, 2008. You talk about the recent playoff runs and how close they've been at times. I know for me, it's going to be hard to process this game no matter what the result is. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining myself in the future. What, what does this game mean? do you think, Joe, for, for the players versus for the fans?
3: Yeah, I'm with the idea that the players don't think anything of it. I don't think the pressure has amounted to anything yet. You know, it's kind of funny because when you look at the 2011 to 2015 team, they overachieved probably the first two years. We were like, it's definitely the first year. And and, and then 2012, we're like, you know, they, maybe they get back to the playoffs. You know, they had some holes. And then it quickly turned to their underachieving. And it was like, wow! People didn't want to go to games or see them, and they're, they're booing them, you know, in the 2014 uh, because we're like, win one already. What is going on? You guys have a good roster. We've all drank the Kool-Aid at that point, and the pressure I felt like it was getting to the team overall. By 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 the time 2015 came, it overboiled in that playoff game, and got to the point where they self-destructed. Uh, and maybe that was the pressure. Maybe it was not having a quarterback. Big factors there, uh, but. When I look at this incarnation of the Bengals, you really don't feel like they see that yet. They're too young to even realize the situation they're in. I think if you take the two most important factors on offense, with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, the last time they played meaningful games, they expected to win, and they did. And, like, literally that's the last time we saw Jamar Chase, right? We pulled him right out of the championship game, plugged him into the season, and he just kept going. And it's – I don't think he's going to stop. There's no reason to think he should – Uh, And I feel the same about Joe Burrow. So I don't think they feel that at all. I do feel it a lot with the fan base. And I still do feel it a lot with the older guys, even to the people uh, that are younger that experienced 11 through 15. Um, people, you know, not wanting to buy in yet, not really, you know, whether you can make it to games or can't, or really, you know, how how you perceive the team, the way you perceive maybe a first half of a game when people are, you know, ready to jump off the bridge because they're down because they haven't scored 35 points in the first two drives, right? You can't, it it takes time to, to do that. And they, to their credit, a lot of times they've ended up scoring 35 whilst being, you know, poor in the first handful of drives. So what does that mean? If they win, obviously, Wow. Huge. I mean, it takes the monkey off their back. The football gods have cursed them for 31 years after hurting Bo Jackson. If that's a thing, I think it's a fun narrative at the very least. And they give you your chance 31 years later to redeem yourself versus the Raiders. Again, Uh, it means a lot because it means more than likely they go on to play the Titans. One of the few teams we mentioned that game earlier, one of the few teams you beat with rookie Joe Burrow. I'm not scared of the Titans not to look too far ahead. Uh, But you know, the other aspect is if they lose, if something happens, if it crumbles, man, you know, I just there, I feel a little pit in my stomach of, I don't want to go through that again. I don't, I'm not ready for it. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm not ready for it.
0: Yeah, that, that that's the part of it. Like, and I want to stress this, and it's not a negative thing. It's a, like, the I think there are fans that think that this is house money. It's not house money. You know, and we thought that in 2011 and that's fine. And in 2012, but we saw how quickly it changes and it's going to change much, much quicker with Burrow and chase in these dudes that aren't Andy, right? Cause the expectations are just higher. And so I think the Bengals are the better team. And if you're the better team, you're at home, you have the better quarterback coaching wise. You don't have an interim coach, right? So you should have an edge there you should win the game. And if they don't, then it just opens up that box opens up that uh, that potential for pressure to be felt in the locker room going into next year, because there's going to be questions and there's going to be discussions about it. And so it's pretty simple. I want Joe Burrow to, to take the dagger and jam it through that playoff demon right through the heart and then do it again and do it again. And then, you know, after that, then it probably is house money this season, but if they lose to the, the Raiders I don't think it is. You know, I don't think they're playing with house money. I think they're playing with, oh, my God, it's 2013 where they're better and they just beat this team on the road. And six weeks later, it wasn't six weeks last time, but, uh, you know, six, seven, eight weeks later, they lose to the team that they should have beat. And in that, I just hope to avoid it because I I don't want to be talking to Jake on Saturday night and and discussing uh, what could be that. And I don't think we will, by the way. I'll get to my prediction in a bit. But, uh, Jake, you haven't talked in a while and I miss your voice.
2: Yeah, I just the, the Bengals are not the Steelers in the playoffs this year. They're not playing with house money. They're not Ben Roethlisberger saying we can't win this game. And I know he's tongue-in-cheek when he says that, yeah. but that's not the Bengals. Yeah. The The expectations are there for themselves, for fans. You look at the game, you look at the trajectory of this team this season, and, and it feels like a game that is is what we wanted for this team in in mm-hmm. the first round of the playoffs and a chance to really – as we've discussed this week, exercise some demons. Let's get to predictions, my predicty friends. And Joe, as the guest, we'll start with you. And then James, we'll we'll give you an opportunity for a bonus prediction. We got playoff football. Joe, go first.
3: Yeah, and one other point on the house money thing is people think uh, it'll be better next year or they'll just continue to get better. They'll always – they may not always be this healthy. They might not always be this prime. I know they're young, but that doesn't mean they can't do it because we've seen second-year quarterbacks and second-year – you know of the core rebuild of of surrounded by that quarterback centerpiece of that quarterback do it um there's no reason why they can't this year so i think the bengals do at least the first step and they went 27 to 12 and comfortably and it is a party in paul brown stadium and people are gonna cry and it's gonna be great
0: wow wow 27 to 12 four field goals for the raiders
3: oh. no they try a two point somewhere in there and oh. something goes oh, okay. wrong okay okay
0: <laughs> Maybe an Eli Apple pick six, uh, pick two, I guess it would be. Um, I Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with the Bengals too. And look, I've seen the YouTube comments. I actually read them this week. And I bet, you know, most of the time, Jake's the one that sees them. But uh read them and I, I get it. There's a lot of, especially Raiders fans, they're like, you guys are sleeping on us, sleeping on us. No, I'm not. And, and I think there is a path to the Raiders winning. And uh, the Raiders should feel like they have a shot. Uh, you know, you, you want to talk about the Bengals, why not us slogan? The Raiders have probably had that plastered all over their locker room all season long with everything that they've dealt with, and it's been a hell of a run. At the same time, this is why Burrow was drafted. This is why they spent so much damn money in free agency the past two off seasons. This is why they draft Jamar Chase, fifth overall, and not Penny. So all of that stuff culminates to now. And, and a lot of it's worked out, and they are extremely healthy. And so I'm going to take the Bengals – as well 24 to 13 they uh they get it done uh joe b to joe m and, and jamar chase it uh it happens i hope it happens and um yeah it uh joe joe goodberry is going to be partying with joe burrow on saturday night if
2: it happens that'll be pretty fun i would love to see that happen make that happen joe goodberry will make do. that happen <laughs> who's the better cigar smoker I've never had a
3: cigar, but if Joe Burrow offered me
2: one. (laughs) I'm going to say it's Joe Burrow. I don't know if there's a better cigar smoker. Maybe Chad. Chad and Joe Burrow. Put those two guys head to head. Chad smokes a lot of cigars. Chad Johnson, of course, for for those who don't know what Chad I'm referring to for some reason. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to do a prediction as I normally don't, but I will say that I feel pretty good. I, I think this is a good team. I think Joe Burrow, like we've talked about, I think I've said it several times this week. It is not a guy that I feel good doubting. You know, it just feels wrong to doubt Joe Burrow with his track record, what he's done the last few weeks in the NFL, what he did in the college football playoff. He answers the bell. He answers the call. And I I don't see a reason to think it won't happen again. There are certainly X factors. We've talked about plenty of them. If you want us to cast doubt, well, you're in the wrong place. Coming up tomorrow, we've got a little bit of bonus content for you. James, you have a little reminder before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, well, your conversation with with Ted Wynn, right? And that, uh, I think I said his name right, of The Athletic. And uh, really good stuff. So we have that. Plus, we talk about like playoff demons, right? And the Bengals have been to the playoffs seven times since 2005. Carson Palmer led them to the playoffs twice. Andy Dalton five times. Well, there's one coach, one that's been there for all seven of those and is there right now at Paul Brown Stadium for Joe Burrow. You'll hear from Darren Simmons. I talked to him this week about Joe Burrow and he sort of compared him and Bengals fans, you're not going to want to miss it. So I know we normally do just five episodes. You're going to want to consume the extra content this week with that sixth
2: episode. No days off. We'll be back on Saturday after the game as well with our post game. And, well, we always record on Sunday. So no days off this week for the Locked On Bengals podcast. Joe Goodberry, appreciate you joining us this week. Until next time, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?